Welcome to Dyson Pixels. Uh, this is Puck and I'm here with Cubal. Hey guys, how you doing? I've been instructed to talk more quietly because apparently no, I'm, talk I'm louder. too loud. No, no. Louder. No, no. Get out. Ah! You... Softer. Okay, so tonight on the show, we have Skyward, the Airborne City. We'll be talking to the creator of that game, Brendan. And we're also talking to the indie game studio, Matchbox Battery. And we will also be reviewing, wow, a game that... The, yeah, just the worst game. I, wow. It's terrible. Wow. So, that's um, that's great. So, so well, uh, we'll I'll hand over to Park. Park, what's happening in your world? What, what are the upcoming events in your side of uh, Dutch Potato? Well, we uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago we launched running our, our games, obviously out of uh, the Magic Vault for all of you who've and, uh, and where is checked it. where is the Magic Vault? Just where? So is the Magic it? Vault, yeah. So that <laughs> it's in Alderley. Yes, yes, it is. It it's, is definitely not, in Alderley. Not in, in Annerley. <laughs> Definitely no, so it, no, Ace Comics is Annalise. So uh, this this so last night uh, this Tuesday just gone rather, uh, um, cut that bit out. So this Tuesday just gone, uh, we had our first regular Storm King um, uh, session. So this is a follow on from the launch event, which is great. Uh, I didn't actually, uh, I was DMing in that one actually, and I didn't, uh, I, I didn't quite uh, prepare enough. Nice. Um, yeah, a lot of my, a lot of my session was spent. Saying to my players, uh, just ignore, just ignore. I said that you don't know this information. Um, <laughs> so it was, so it was a well structured, well planned round. Yeah, exactly. Then this this Saturday night we have uh, we're running uh, an oldie but a goodie, the Tyranny of Dragons storyline out of the Magic Vault. Um, and then uh, next week uh, we should be launching our new Thursday night events at the Magic Vault as well. Fantastic. Which would be great. And of course, we've got um, packs coming up the 2nd to the 4th of November. Uh, and then our rainforest events uh, from the 20 something to the 20 something. The cabin. Um, the cabin. The dangerous cabin. The, the cabin the that I shall not. The cabin that I shall not define as I previously defined it. Uh, no, I list, got in trouble from my get... wife for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm. So that's from the 28th to I'm the sure. 30th, which sounds right. Excellent. Actually, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. Well, you it should would probably be, in get fact, the dates wrong. It's oh my the God, 20th. It's chaos. <laughs> what are it's you the tw- doing? November twenty fifth to November twenty seventh. That is Excellent. when we're going it away. To doesn't the run through till November the thirty eighth or anything like that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Not this uh, and one. of course, then and of course, then a little bit further in the future, we've got uh, the labyrinth event, labyrinth of the gods. That we all we already have a number of sponsors lined up, including some very juicy ones. Like uh, we've got couch, uh, couch juicy some, couch. Some gift the juicy couches. No, 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 no. That's yeah. Uh, gloss over and, that. Keep going. And <laughs> that's le- bad. And level up dice as well. Uh, so they're donating a set of dice as a prize on the day. Which um, and they're coming along. And I think Alex from Level Up Dice is trying to bring along a Sydney team, which oh, is wow. just going to be so cool, phenomenal, phenomenal. But, uh, yeah, that's where we. That's where we're going at the moment with events. Excellent. What about yourself? Man. Any up to anything exciting? I am. Uh, I'm working on two new tracks. Two new uh, music things. That's uh, that's about it. I'm not doing anything that involves any other people. Uh, I'm good, shutting good. myself in a room to uh, 
to get away from uh, the world because you know that's what I do because I'm antisocial. So that's yeah, that's a good point um, to uh, lead into something that's not that. So tonight on the show we have Brendan from Skyward the Airborne City. Hey Brendan, how you doing? I'm doing real good. How are you? Very, very, very good. Now, um, for anyone out there that's listening, uh, we've put links to the game underneath this in the comments so they can go and check it out. Brendan, can you give us a First of all, tell us about the game, how it works. We've got a whole pile of questions we, now, we want to ask you, but give us an overview of the game. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, the game is a card drafting game, and it is about building a city. And card drafting basically just means cards laid out. You will get some, your opponents get the others, and you have a lot of fine control over how things end up based on your choices. Brilliant. And it's two, two to four players if memory serves i haven't got the, yes. the page in front of me and this is mm-hmm. cool um as i was saying to puck before i was i was aware oh, i was more than aware of this game what how long ago would it have been now six years ago seven years ago how long have you been working on it oh um this game i've been working on i went through my archives i think like there's a very very early draft of this from 2013 and oh, i think that was even before that but... oh wow i actually thought this was the original game that i talked to you about years ago unless it was 2013 time has really no no, no, no uh, concept of time <laughs> in like 2009 or 10 i was trying to avoid doing a university assignment so i was like what i'm going to do right now at 2 a.m in the morning is make a card game and then the next day i was like i'm still sleep deprived you know what this <laughs> business plan. have you been so have you been working full time in this game or is this something you've just done in your uh, spare time there was a period of time where I called myself a full-time games designer, and uh, what that really just meant was I was too proud to go to Centrelink. So for the most part, <laughs> I've been somewhat gainfully employed for the last couple of years, but whenever I get a spare moment, games design. It's the, it's the career. Great. Like I, oh, yeah. I, have an, I have another thing I do during the day, but I never actually mention it <laughs> Any, no, anywhere we, we, at all. We never talk about that. <laughs> Going back to a bit of history, how did you get the idea for the game in the first place? Like, you're, Were you inspired by... Any existing games out there? Yeah, yeah, um, very heavily inspired. So I really, really, really like playing competitive card games, but I've gone through this thing where you try and convince someone to play a card game, and then you have to try and convince them to play the very specific sub-format of the main format of the card game that you're interested in. <laughs> so I just had a friend move down to Melbourne and be like, hey, Brennan, Magic the Gathering's pretty good, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, it really is. And we spent years talking about it. Uh, it was very, very heavily inspired by my longtime love of competitive card games. The problem was finding someone who could actually sit down, learn a competitive card game, and then do this other thing that was drafting. Yeah. So had a friend who really, really got into Magic after he moved to a different city to me. And the next time we caught up, we played something that was very much like Skyward, but with Magic cards. And then when I went home, I was like, it would be great if I could do this without needing to travel or convince friends to learn entirely different yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, I've got... Two friends, which are heavily, heavily addicted to magic. One of them, who will be probably listening, uh, actually drives around with a spare deck in his trunk in case he actually ever gets the chance to play with someone. Which is it's really good to live in hope, though. It like, is. It's yeah. very hopeful. So, so is it is it akin to something like magic? Because magic obviously has the um, the 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 collectability component to it as well, uh, which I, I don't think Skyward has that. Does it? Skyward is. Just the part where you get to sit down and be like, I like that card and that card, and I'm going to put this in my lovely little city. Uh, when you play some other competitive card games, like you go through this entire enjoyable process, and then sometimes you can be like, oh, and now we have to play the game 
it can be a real barrier to magic because I was I was mm. interested in magic, but I'm also aware of if you really get into it, the amount you have to outlay to build the, mm. and get everything and is also- huge. And I really like things that are kind of self encapsulated, and you can just kind of pick up and play. That's that. Yeah, and when you dive too deep into magic, like I tried to teach my wife when we first got married, and I just jumped straight into like thrashing newbie mode. And like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just counting your spells, drawing small cards. Okay, it's my turn now. It's like, we're finished. It's yeah. done yet. That's actually what I was just about to say, but that happens all the time. You get someone who's brand new to the game who, say, goes into a store, sits down and plays, and at the end of it just go, well, that sucked, um, and then don't want to play. And I yet, never want to play again. And you, and you see it a lot with, say, um, a really good example on, say, PC games is Dota. I because don't. because it's because it's quite a, a it's a steep learning curve. You start playing Dota, everyone abuses you. You have no idea what's going on at the end of it. This is this it's is not even a learning game. curve. That's a dick curve. And the thing That's is, horrible. it is. A, and the thing is, it is a good game, but there's barriers in terms of people are just bastards about it. <laughs> so That's taking exactly. it right back to the beginning. So how how did you actually get started in taking this? I guess from a um, uh, from a concept all the way through to a commercial product. Because I'm I'm really interested in that. Because you hear all the time about people who are uh, say have an idea, but they don't know where to start. I mean, uh, when when you come down to something like a Kickstarter, Kickstarters have to be they have to be pretty. They have to get lots of attention, or otherwise there's really no point in doing them. Um, mm. So, did you have to build up? Did well? Did you find you had to build up that following first, and then do a Kickstarter, or um, did you do the art first? Um, if you know what I mean, when it comes to the actual Kickstarter itself, and then it just sort of carried itself, or how did you find was the best way to, to approach that? At the moment, I'm trying to like document exactly what happened for Skyward because we're in the middle of the Kickstarter, and people are like, "How did this game come to be?" And I guess chapter two would be, "How did this game come to be?" And the answer is great for me and kind of terrible for people listening along because the answer is I went to PAX and I happened to meet Alan Chang and at that exact point in Alan Chang's life he said something along the lines of I know all these people who can make games but I just need more designs for games if only I could find a useless ideas man with no skills (laughs) the more textbooks answer I think is if you don't know people, go to PAX and then just be very bold about being like, hey, would you like to try this? Mm. Uh, and then also, like, Kickstarter doesn't let you just make money. You have to have a whole bunch of people who you can point at the link. So mm. making cool stuff online and showing it to people is great. And then there's a great man by the name of Jamie Stegmeier, and I'll try and supply a link to his webpage. And oh, he does yeah. a lot of, like, interesting stuff about Kickstarter that people can look up. That was great. I was I was looking at that. Congratulations on the Kickstarter campaign too. That's going phenomenally well. It's doing so well. Yeah. I, I open it up whenever I need to feel good about myself. <laughs> That's great because you've still got I think twenty twenty it's days. Almost three weeks to go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've got stretch goals and just a lot of like wonderful community stuff that we can do. Like the community that Rule and Make have built up is just wonderful. So interacting with them is a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully, this podcast will help as well. We've got a few hundred people listening to it, and um, and as QB brought it up, um, we had a look before. I said, uh, "Yeah, okay, I might take a copy of that." At the same time that um, QB said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to buy a copy as well." So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of new things. So I encourage, I encourage anyone that's actually listening, check out the Kickstarter. It looks fantastic. Yeah, is it an easy Kickstarter just to read out over the podcast? I didn't actually look at the address because um, it took us it took us a minute to find it because uh, apparently uh, Emirates 
have something called Skyward, and it shows up in the top. 38 links of yeah and there's version. another there's another tabletop skyward game but it doesn't look good at all the um, actual title of our game is skyward the airborne city uh and the link looks like a nightmare to read out on the line on the app yeah it's um it is oh, it's all right i'll put a post anything but yeah if for anyone out there that can listen really quickly and write things down kickstarter.com slash project slash chaotic pattern slash skyward dash the sketch dash airborne dash city um, and then I'm in slash post slash something, but I don't think you know Okay, that. I'm we'll, gonna, we'll post that. On. I'm going to make things really, really easy. Uh, if everyone wants to go to skyward.dutchpotato.com, I'll set up a little forwarder that'll go straight to the Kickstarter campaign. Excellent. There we go. In terms of um, like when, when you met up with, with Alan, how did that change the dynamic of the development of the game? Like how many people are actually working? How big's the team right now? Uh, it is huge. There is a super team assembled uh, in the bowels of Rule and Make. So um, I say the bowels. Like it's more of a virtual bowel because I work from home. Alan works from home. We have like a stack of other artists who work from home. But um, the flow is something like there's genius designer, visionaire, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, myself, Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, I did the design, and I was very confident in coming to Alan and saying stuff like, "Look, I've drawn my own stick figures. We're ready to go." <laughs> Look, your game's about cows building a city in the Old West, and I thought that maybe a floating city might actually be really, really cool. And I said, please do go on. And he said, also, I know artists, I know people. Like, you just, you know, you make your game, and we'll make very, very pretty things happen with it. Mm. So Alan is like the, well, Alan and Alistair are the game's developers and project managers and do a whole bunch of the practical stuff. And I can just, like, keep on going with my lifestyle of struggling to put pants on in the morning <laughs> and then we hear you on that yeah <laughs> and then Stephen preston is a very talented artist and art director and so he leads a cabal of artists who take our mad scribblings and then turn them into the beautiful pieces of art you see on kickstarter yeah it looks it looks phenomenal oh gosh yes and I think there's like a couple more stretch goals that involve more cards. And I'm really, really anxious just so that I get to see more art. Yeah. Is- yeah. Sorry, did you say cows building cities? Oh, that was the previous. Oh, that was, oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, like, that was, oh, it wasn't that, yeah. The limit of my drawing skills is uh, really nice looking stick figures, cows, and the word poop in big letters. <laughs> so that was the like, initial version of the game. And then they sort of massaged it to be something we could actually show people. Mm. Yeah, gotcha. Um, like the artists revolted at the idea of actually having to draw poop. So <laughs> why? <laughs> I was like, the, oh, the people that illustrated exploding kittens. I know, like this is all over the cards. No, that's I, like, it's a great mystery to me, but I'm confident it's in much better hands. That um, goes back to something Puck was saying earlier as well about in terms of with the Kickstarter itself and getting that online. If there are other people that are looking to do that, that's probably the route they want to take. Get together some people who are artists and put together a concept dev for the photos. Otherwise, with Kickstarter campaigns, it's kind of a, if you can't see it, people generally don't yeah, you know, do much with it. I guess the, the things that have also been successful for us is um, I meet up with people who are interested in games design uh, in Brisbane every Monday. We have dinner and then we play games for each other. And that means that as soon as you know people a little bit well, you can be like, look, I love you and I care deeply about your project, but also, like, these things are broken. Like, you can improve them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Is that a, is that a formal group or is that just a group of friends? Uh, that's a group of friends, but we're always trying to make new friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. So there is that networking component, as always. And then you meet artists and you save up some pennies and then 
you buy them a case of beer and then they hopefully make your game look better. <laughs> yeah. If only everything could operate on that currency. Mm. Like oh, it did in uni. <laughs> Two minute noodles and beer was the currency of uni and we were all rich as kings. So we'll post all the links to that. So everyone go and check this out. Keep an eye on it. It looks really good. And what I'm hoping is in... Uh, a couple months when we, because we've, we've we've backed it, so <laughs> in a couple months when our um, our copies arrive, we'll actually do a live playthrough uh, when we have our video streaming equipment set up, so everyone can actually get a look at it. Oh heck yes! Oh, and uh, is, and just remember everyone, uh, while you're browsing, if you're too lazy to uh, just nudge your eyes down slightly, so uh, skyward.dutchpotato.com. Just go to that web address; it'll take you straight to the Kickstarter. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. It's really been good talking to you today. Thank you. It's been great having me. Fantastic. No, it's been great. Yes, that's all. It has been great having you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fantastic. It's been excellent you having me as well. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, best of luck and everyone go and check it out. So coming up next on the show, uh, earlier on in this week, Puck and I had the opportunity to catch up with Matchbox Battery, who were one of the winners from the recent 48-hour game comp. Uh, we're, we're here with Matchbox Battery, but initiating the call pulled Puck out of his lull match, and I'm really happy about that. So um, It may have been the 26 deaths that um, failed me on this maybe. I'm just going to grief you with that <laughs> next time. Anyway, hey guys, hey guys, how are you doing? We have Ben, Andrew, and Stuart from Matchbox Battery. How are you guys going? I'm pretty right. good. We wanted to get you on the show because uh, I was... Um, may have heard in the previous show i was intending to go to the 48 hour game comp um at qt however i got violently ill so i didn't actually get to go and talk to anyone uh but i read on their site that you guys were you took out the the lead prize uh yeah we took out one of them there's uh indie teams and then there's a sort of a newly pro startup league and then there's the pro league we got the indie league oh Oh, that's what we're interested in anyway so how long have you guys how long have your company been running um, well, it's my sixth year, uh, sorry, my eighth year doing the competition, but we've sort of done the company as a uni thing uh, yeah. since 2011, oh, which wow. was Andrew's first year. So he's done. Yeah, we're not like officially a company; it's just more of a group that started up. Collective. So we haven't actually got anything official yet. <laughs> we're just a collective. I know that's amazing. yeah, but the collective has been around since 2011. Team members have changed over the years, but us three have been consistent for the past four years. Sounds like and how many yeah, people are usually in the team? Previously, we've had six each year, but we've had three this year. Oh, brilliant. Yes, right. we cut the fat, so to speak. It sounds like, it sounds like a, we're interviewing a band. It's like, yeah, we had the same members most times, and we kicked this guy out because he was an asshole. Yeah, yeah Trevor, he's just, such a douche. Yeah. So who's got it's the like, most groupies? It's a bit like an XS, so we just keep going through new, new programs, new artists. <laughs> <laughs> 50 billion new people now. So you've done uh, eight of these things now. Yeah, this was my eighth. I thought it was my ninth, but I miscounted. But it's been my eighth, so I did it since the third year it was running. Oh wow! So what yeah, is the, this? This um, was my sixth. So what are they? What is the experience actually like? Because looking at it from the the video feeds and the and the photos that kind of pop up on Facebook and Twitter and everything, mm-hmm. I get the sense it's like basically a really big LAN where instead of playing games, everyone writes them. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It towards the end, it gets quite insane. But it's it's the good kind of insane. It's the fun insane. Is that the final rush to get like all of the bugs pushed out of the game before you're actually? Yeah, usually by the last four hours, everyone's like pulling their hair out, going, "Oh, we haven't fixed this. We haven't got that in. Oh, the main character's missing. Oh dear." So, are there <laughs> any guidelines it? around it, or do you guys yeah. basically just give it an open slather, or is there a pretty theme? much we get we get three words, two days to make one game, and not kill each other. Oh, wow. So the three <laughs> the three words are they basically like a topical 
thing you have to yeah, create they're something pretty much around. The, they're just the inspiration. We can build anything we want, but they pretty much have to include those words in some way. Okay. And what what were the words this year? Um, they were power, love, and surprise. Is that right? Is that yep, those yes. three? Yeah. I'm pretty it's sure. It's a dangerous that, combination of three, isn't it? Wasn't this the name of like one of those albums by Huey Lewis and the News in the late eighties? <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, drunk sex and rock and roll. And... Do you get? Do you manage to get like through the process? Do you manage to get any sleep, or do you kind of stay up for the full forty-eight hour period? In the first couple of years of doing the event, it was try to stay for as long as you can and wow. try not to burn out. But then after doing it for a few years, you learn. Okay, midnight stop what you're doing, go to sleep either by going home or just in a sleeping bag. Yeah. So mm. as a veteran, we know how to plan around sleep and work. Ah, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's good. So I, I didn't actually I... realize you could um, go home to sleep. I thought it was like a lock-in situation. Well, it's sort of unofficially a lock-in, but there's a little pass-out you get. There's two per team. And being a three-man team, it's kind of easy to handle. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, so it basically means if someone's got the pass-out, they can go and they just come back later. Yeah. It's, it's more just to make sure that people are safe as well. <laughs> I just slept under the desk. The other guys went home, but I, I got to sort of man the fort and sleep under the desk. The hardcore. There's Didn't stories of a few years ago, one of the pro teams, just as soon as they were given the words, went to a bar. <laughs> just completely left the campus, went to a bar, and did their, all their design and idea work in a bar. Yeah, that's great, though. I bet they won. <laughs> yeah, they did win. I can't remember which team it was, unfortunately. It's um, it's actually a shame because I've been uh in what my business does. I was in, in it a while. I've I've recently kind of ramped my business up again. The voice acting for indie video game developers, and we've got a basically oh, a cool. horde of uh voice actors who are also gamers. So we the the everyone's played that game where the voice acting was shit and it ruined the whole <laughs> game. Um, our idea was because the way you have to do that acting differs from what is you know strictly film or television it's a very different medium mm. you get people that may be really good actors but they're really shit in the games the really good example is uh command and conquer 4 can't remember the name of the girl but she was from house oh my god worst performance i've ever seen in my life um oh, that'd be olivia wilde oh uh, yeah. no no the other one or was it the other one it was the other one who i, oh, she's the one remember I can't remember of. i don't know Jenna morrison <laughs> something something around that um if if, if you're listening uh hit us up on the twitter page with what your name is because everyone's forgotten you but <laughs> we apologize but um <laughs> what a kick in the teeth. <laughs> yeah so so that that um i've had i've had uh peripheral involvement in the indie gaming industry for a while um, but the thing was during all that time i hadn't for some reason, I hadn't come across the 48-hour game comp, and I felt ashamed when I actually found it on the Brisbane Indie Gamers Forum. It's um, been going for 10 years now. Oh, my it's, God. It's never too late. It's, I, I've, I'm, it, it's probably not... It's not a great thing, though. Like It, it seems to be indicative, though, that like we didn't even know about it. No, but like it's, it's also me. It's also me. I feel this is kind of an <laughs> attached the rock of shame. But um, no, I, but I mean, it's it's. I would imagine it's probably more advertised as like throughout unis, for example. I think or, it is. Yeah, um, it's more a student, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Whereas realistically, like this, this is the kind of thing that should be getting more widespread recognition. It's not not not. Not necessarily as a spectator thing, but maybe for people to watch, you know, social media and that kind of thing to get updates. And um, I mean, there's a huge following of indie gaming nowadays. Um, so yeah. to not know about something like this is just that's really disappointing. It'd be great to grow it to like global game jam status, but it's it's only run by about maybe ten or fifteen people, so it's really a small operation. There is a distinct lack of mediums to promote things that are going on in the Brisbane indie gamer industry, unless you're in those groups or you're in those circles, you generally don't really find out about it. 
Uh, when what when Manabar was running and AFK Cafe for a while as well, that was a bit. It kind of jumped up a bit because people were able to have places where they could, you know, put up a bit of marketing and publicity around those things. Um, but now it's unless you're in the the Facebook groups, you generally don't find out about them, and it's a it's a pain in the ass because there's so much good stuff that goes on that we've only found out now. We've started really delving into it, but there's only select groups that actually know about it. It's a fairly small community um, to start with. Um, and when you don't get the, the exposure that some other communities get, say sporting events and so forth, mm. um, it, it's very hard for it to take off. But oh. it's it's making progress. It, I think it was the biggest year we've had this year. Uh, I was reading on the site. Yeah. I think they had, had more, more, um, more attendees than they've had in any of the previous years. Yeah, um, and non-people competing. It's it's the, the visitors that came in for the show afterwards. Um, it was it was huge. People walking everywhere. Wow. We had more people try our game than ever before. Ah, oh, see, that's fantastic. That's what that's what people need to to kind of have in going on in this area because indie gaming is the. I don't think anyone would disagree. It's the biggest sector of gaming currently. Um, after it kind of got reborn in, I suppose Steam. One of the, yeah. where it, in addition to this podcast, one of the things we're setting up down the track, and it'll be next year, I would say, um, is actually. A, it's an indie game ex- exhibition, which is specifically around um, like groups like you guys and small indie game teams, developers that are working on projects. And the idea is to have an event, which is a smaller level convention, to get all the indie gamers in one place and to get all the gamers in to actually go around and look at the games in development. So it's essentially an E3 for the indie game community because no oh, one's really doing that it. That would be cool. Getting back to the game, what was the game that you guys actually developed for this, this year's comp? I think a VR Fruit Ninja is probably the closest sort of uh, description you can give over, over this this uh, medium. Oh, um, so Except that the Alfred Ninja exists, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know about that, that, that until idea, after sorry. our game was built. So that's, <laughs> oh, really? that's a good thing, right? <laughs> Whoops! Um, <laughs> there's we, no, we there's no copyright infringement if you didn't know. So. Well, Alfred we has call places. Fruit Ninja. Alfred has like humanoid features, so it's a bit a bit less inanimate. Yes, this fruit's trying to kill you. You know, that's... I was, about, one, uh, I was about different. to say, um, f- oh, I was not quite on Canny Valley, but it's a little bit disturbing <laughs> when the eye is falling around the room, isn't it, Stuart? Wow. Yes, there's um, there's been a running <laughs> joke because this was actually a spiritual successor to a game we won with two years ago. Yeah. Uh, that there's a running joke that Ben used to have as the model and the artist. He would build the bananas and the apples with these eyeballs and you know large pupils, and just as I look over to his screen to see what he's doing. He would move the eyes and they would <laughs> straight at me. They tracked like, directly you know when the to me. Just look at you. Oh, oh it was terrifying. So like it was really creepy. So now it's every time I look over, there's a banana looking at me. <laughs> we, had a, we had a Twitter feed going, and I put that up on the Twitter feed. I saved the image. I was gonna print it and put it on a shirt and just send it to him. <laughs> That's great. It. And he would have opened it up for this year's game. Because you are now up and close and personal with the fruit and stuff, I made it so that in-game the eyes track the player as well. <laughs> oh, so as yeah, you're playing, yeah. you should yeah. lean left and right. Yeah. The eyes still always look at you. That would have yeah. creepy. I will have nightmares about that forever. It's not It's not noticeable when, when you're running around, you know, slashing them with swords and, and so forth. But, but when they're all standing dead still and you move your head around... And all sets of eyes are still on you. It's quite creepy. That's fantastic. I love that one on your right that just looks from behind his shield. You can just see like half his face and one eyeball Peering just looking out. at you. <laughs> the best thing ever. So what? Are... To make a better Andrew um, program than eyes to 
always look at you. So when they come flying off of the apples and oh, the, uh, God, in, in an explosion, uh... as they're rolling <laughs> around on the floor, you. they were still looking directly at you. So that was always fun. As if to say, why? I can, I can <laughs> tell you, I can tell you right now, um, just, just even if you'd only said, we made a game where there was fruit and their eyes followed you, it would be level like streets ahead of the game we reviewed today well hang on hang on let's not look are you saying that a pregnant naked 15 year old getting attacked by uh fucking stupid midgets is not a better game uh wow wow anything is a better game (laughs) i have been stuck in traffic that has been better than that game yeah i'm just so confused though because this guy's (laughs) other games look fine i think he had a stroke or something yeah like what the fuck happened is it his warhol phase so what was I, i i got off topic um yeah with uh with the game that you did this year did you reuse assets from your previous game or do you start fresh we started fresh, but we used the old assets as inspiration. Well, we, so I had we started using the old assets as placeholder while new stuff was being made, just to help make yeah. the game come to come together quicker. Mm. So I think the old bananas in there. Yeah, we reused all of the old audio, being that mm. we're sort of less team members than we had, and we just our audio goes actually on his honeymoon. We decided, yeah, oh, we'll great. just reuse the old audio mm-hmm. and just get add any new stuff if we needed. But we didn't really need to, so we just like, yeah, we'll reuse that. Yeah, no, that's fine. Well, I mean, given, of... the, given the timeline that you've got for it, um, I'd be surprised if anyone went in there and just developed every asset from scratch because it'd be you'd spend ha- you'd spend yeah. the entire oh, time developing surprised. initial assets. Really, most used people do. That's what we did well, on our on want... the same uh, two years ago oh, with the wow. same sort of assets. We we built the beach, we built um, the, yeah. the bananas and apples. We recorded every sound. Um, my brother put all the sounds together. He made the music track. Um, and a lot of other teams will do the same. Every asset, every every feel, it's wow. it's all from scratch. That really kind of hammers in how how tight that timeline is. It's pretty yeah, tight. Yeah. Like you think forty eight hours, you think wow, that's a lot of time, but it's not. It's really not. Not yeah. not when you you've got twelve hours of oh well not twelve let's say six of that is is sleeping, um at least, and then you have to also eat and do things like go to the bathroom and like breathe, but. You learned about Yeah, no, I think it was about a quarter. A quarter was spent <laughs> sleeping, I think. I think we got about six hours of not being in front of the computers every night, uh, both nights. So, yeah, it would be one quarter of it was lost due to just trying to get some sleep. Um, it makes up for it the next day, though. Coming in a bit more fresh, it yeah. just makes a world of difference. Yeah, exactly. Being well, you fresh want to burn and not through that, worn down is definitely a good thing. <clears throat> that's, that's how you end up with the level of bugs that Ubisoft has managed to create in all of their games every year. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but at least we try and get rid of them. <laughs> That's right. Or, or cover them up so that people don't notice them. Yeah, exactly. At least make them less <laughs> noticeable. You embellish them and turn them into features. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that like the CEO of Ubisoft hasn't just come out and go, well, you fix them. <laughs> What's <laughs> to the public? Like, just like stop trying. There's yeah. enough. Yeah, there's enough of the modding community for their games that surely we, we could just use <laughs> the, the gamers to fix everything. Yeah, yeah. But um, so back on that, is there any other games at the moment that you're working on, or is it kind of do you do you gather together just for the the um comps, or do you do, uh, work on other stuff during the year as well? What are you doing, Andrew? You've got some stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, uh, well, we've always got ideas that we're always trying to run with and slowly develop, but we've all kind of either got full time jobs or our own things going on, so it's hard to sort of dedicate time yeah. to anything specifically. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like the three of us have been sort of semi working together for probably the past 
four years at least anyway on various ideas in parts. So it's something we're not going to give up on. We, we may not have anything out for another few months or more, but we're not going to stop. We, we yeah. will have things out eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The, my uh, business partner in another um, software business that we did, we, we started doing some after-hours game development. And I think we fell into that trap of, oh, I think we've got about 83 partially developed games before we got, you know, you, you get about a, a third of the way into it and then you go, hang on, I've just had another really good idea. I'll just put that aside and I'll do another game now and then nothing gets finished. Yeah. So yeah. What you've got there is you've got your own sort of Mario Party idea. Get them all done. <laughs> yeah. Glue them all together. You've got 83 mini games. Exactly. Yeah. 83 just, mini games all in various states of being broken. So. Yeah. We actually got a really good compliment um, for this this game that we did in this 48 hour. Um, we started demoing it and one of the judges came around, uh, Morgan Jaffet uh, yep. from Defiant. He he came around and he played it and he said the greatest thing you could say to someone after 48 hours of slaving away on this, he said, mm. you guys have to release this. Oh, that's great. That's what you want to hear. That's what, How good a compliment is that? The tears well up in your eyes. Yeah, yeah you, you, kind of, ooh, you hold each other like, and hug oh. each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... To, to answer your question, I guess, for the next 12 months, absolutely, we're going to be releasing this game together. But this is what we were aiming to do now is is to polish this off, finish it off, uh, put put some of the ideas that we wanted to get in but we just could not fit in in 48 hours, mm. and we will be releasing this one for sure. I want to oh, package do a, it up with our original and do like a... Yeah, a, a quick bug fix pass and sort of UI exit button type stuff um, and then get that out as a free download of here's what we did in the, in the comp mm. and then work on all the extra features, add more stuff, and then try and push the new one onto Steam somewhere and go, yeah, buy our game that yeah. was built on from our award-winning game. Award-winning game. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> well, technically. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you can we say probably you do won that an to award. The, you just to the first put one as well. <laughs> you can, I think you're, I'm pretty sure that the rules, from, from what I interpreted the rules, basically, if you've made a game and someone's seen it, you're allowed to put Game of the Year 2016 on it anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> given that every game that I buy now seems to be the game of the year and I don't really understand that even if we well, put well, you, just, you just release a game of the year edition 18 like oh, sorry, 6 to 8 months later with all the DLC included <laughs> exactly. and you well, call it the game of the year edition just make name a game. it's going to be called the game of the year I was about to say call the game game of the year <laughs> out of curiosity what hardware um, uh, Vive Vive cool that was the one that I couldn't couldn't Put yeah, H- like I purchased it a couple months ago, been meaning to develop with it, and I've just been slowly putting it off. Got to the night before, I'm like, I should, I should learn how to do this. to see how this works. <laughs> and it's something I, I then pack my computer up, then so get in, put <laughs> everything on, my set up computers. Like, okay, how do I take our idea and actually put it with the Vive? Which mm. I turned it directly into simple. Google. And it was perfect. Like using Unity Game Engine and the, the Steam VR plugin, it was literally drag and drop. Oh, look, headset works, tracking straight away. Oh, see, Here's the controllers. Replace models with models. And away <laughs> we went. It, everything fell in really, really good. Well, Even no, Valve's like, the lab, like their demo space, is a Unity game. Well, that's yeah, good. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Um, when you do the release, the release of this version and the final one, uh, let us know. We'll put it out on our Twitter and our Facebook and all of the other... Definitely various places will. and we'll give it a yell out on the show because everyone can then start checking it out definitely and we'll probably try and add oculus touch control support when they're available as well just so it's more platform agnostic thanks thanks guys for being on the show it was really really thanks good to chat with you. and i'm it guessing people thank you people will probably be able to see you next year at next year's 48 hour con absolutely definitely. 
And if we're lucky, we'll be taking our game to PAX next year in the indie uh, section. Hopefully, ah, fingers brilliant. crossed. Yes. Pucks will be there. Pucks all over PAX. Oh, yeah. He's... yeah. Thanks, y'all. Really good to talk to all of you. You too. Thanks for Wonderful. having us. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, Thank bye. you. And now, on to our game review. I will take this opportunity, only because the game reminded me of it, just to say, um, what what is going on with the clowns? Because there's, there's crazy midgets in this game and they kind of just remind me of mm. clowns for some reason. Tiny. tiny yeah, clowns. I don't I don't understand what's happening. With, I don't, like, I don't get the end game with the clowns. I, like, is it, a, is it a Halloween prank or... I don't know. Maybe it's just going to fizzle out. Is it like... It's, is it... it it's, it's, it's nearly the level of what the fuck as planking. I never understood planking. It's like, But great. the thing is, someone's going to die. Like, oh, someone, yeah. you know, there's, there's a clown out there that's... You know, going to do the wrong thing. They're going to go to Woodridge and get the crap kicked out of them. Well, no, by, that's like, already a fifteen-year-old Tongan or something. That's already you know, happened. Like, but I, I, I don't get it. And the, but the thing is, the person who's going to get hurt, it's not going to be one of these clowns. It's going to be like some guy that's been hired to entertain a bunch of kids at a birthday party. And he's going to be coming out. There's going to be a gang on the street going, "We don't like your type here. We're going to yeah. fuck you, you up." You know what? You know what? You got to feel sorry for the legitimate clowns out there. Uh, like they've they've got to be sitting at home just going, "This is bullshit." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, did you know? Did you know? Um, there's a there's a fear of like people obviously have a fear of clowns, right? Yeah. Um, there there is legitimately a thing that they, that you can do where um, you can go to a circus and you can you can watch a clown put on their makeup and get dressed up, and they're going from like zero to to a hundred, right? Um, and right. it's it actually has a name, and I swear to God, this is true. It's called clownseling. That's it's a real thing. Terrible. I don't. And it's, hang on. Hang on. And it's, I'm not sure what emotional reaction I'm having right now. It's not one I've ever had before. Well, it's it's, it's supposed to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea, of course, is that it's like exposure therapy. So when you expose yourself to your fears, then you get over them. So by seeing a so, clown okay, go so from. Normal I, to a I appreciate that, but so let's say you have an intense fear of clowns. So you're sitting in a completely silent, dark room, I imagine, with a chair in front of you, and there's a clown just sitting there going, I'm going to put on my makeup. Scraping paint onto his face. <laughs> and that's going to make you better? No, that would make things much worse. That's uh, a- <laughs> <laughs> you <would> think. <laughs> wow. That's just like... Even okay, I think even Stephen King would weigh in and go, guys, that's a bit much. No, <laughs> Stephen like, King's already on. done that. No, he said, King's he said, "Come on, guys, leave the clowns alone. They're just making no. people laugh." No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He, he's got. He said on Twitter. Uh, no, no, no. He, what he basically said is he's got. Oh, these like these dickhead clowns. Like, can you guys like lay off because you're giving clowns a bad name? And I'm like, yeah, dude, you made fucking it's, it. It's like Stephen. Like- <laughs> Stephen, we need to talk. Steve. Yeah. Steve, mate. Really? Mate, mate, Steve. Mate, mate. Yeah, mate. mate. You know, like, <laughs> we're drifting into meme territory. God. Oh, God. We're, of course, we're all going to die. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I don't know what's happening with it. I hope it goes away soon because I've got young kids. And yeah, um, yeah I, I, I feel like this is just a license to murder a clown. <laughs> there are people in society who maybe they've been waiting for this opportunity. Um, well, do these idiots <laughs> realize that. Do these idiots realise, like, if they come into their yard, someone's going to attack them? And oh, yeah. They're going to get hurt. And like, and they can say, oh, it's a fake weapon, as much as they like. Yeah, um, you're still broke into someone else's yard with a fake weapon and then banged it against the window. 
Yeah, and you know, uh, if you do that to the wrong person, he's taking you down. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, you know what we need. You know what we need. Ah, oh, I have a fix. I have a fix. Problem, problem solved. Batman. Batman. Yep, Batman. <laughs> or, or not. Doesn't even need to be real Batman. You just get someone who's particularly well skilled in martial arts that can just dress up as Batman and go around and start beating people up. Mm, Clowns, yeah. not just general people, but. Because only because I would love to see that CCTV footage, my life would be complete. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, it just hopefully, it just stop soon because it's yeah, something's gonna go wrong soon. <laughs> it's creepy. It's really area. wrong soon. People are gonna die. Um, mm. On that, let's let's just, let's, uh, let's cross the bridge Before from clowns to die. clowns. Oh. I <laughs> um, that was Pee Wee Herman. I don't know what the hell that was. Another terrifying thing. Maybe that can be the next craze. Let's so talk, are you, let's talk so, about um yeah. Well, well, hang on. Before we go into that, I've got something else I want to talk about. <laughs> oh God. Have Have you got an iPhone? Uh, do I? <sighs> I can't remember yes. if you have an iPhone or not. What the do- fuck <laughs> did they do in the last fucking update? I can tell you, they took all of the features and all of the they took all of the good things and uh, there weren't many of them and they improved them by removing them all. Oh, just every now and again, every now and again, I, I hear my wife, like, over the other side of the house go, I said fucking swipe! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, they've, uh, they've done that. They made it, they, they moved the, the little trick, uh, the, well, they, sorry, they changed the trick of how to get to the camera. It's like swipe sideways now. They, uh, they did oh, something yeah, yeah. to the, the slide up menu on the bottom that lets you change your brightness. Did you know you can swipe that up and then you can swipe it left and right to go to other things? Now, I don't know if that was there previously, really? but I spent uh, probably six hours like a caveman oh, yeah. bashing my phone on the desk going, I want to change brightness. <laughs> and I you just know that- couldn't freaking change it. You know, it's really got me. Like I, I use my phone a lot. Because um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, I obviously use it a lot for work as well. Um, I found now it keeps unlocking itself. Like yeah, just mine's randomly. Mine's called four people at random without serious yeah. intervention this time. Yeah, it's yeah. just bleh. And, and 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 ordinarily it wouldn't be that big a deal, but I've got the I've got like a six S plus, so it's a big one, right? So when you uh, with that sort of phone, you just kind of put it where wherever it fits. You so know? it's it a big just, one, and you put it wherever it it's fits. It's a big oh. one. You just put it wherever yeah. it fits, and then right. it fucks you. Uh- <laughs> wow, you could be designing their new marketing campaigns. <laughs> iPhone, it'll fuck you. Well, they've um, removed they've removed the headphone slot from the next one. So from well the the one that's just come out. So maybe <laughs> maybe on the next iteration they'll remove the screen. Surely that would they're be gonna, great. Surely they're going to put that back in. They no, no, they in. want you to buy their thingy, the 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 little Bluetooth thing. I think it's, it's so expensive. Special. I know that's why they did it. You can't tell me that it's like, oh my god, what a shock! Apple want us to buy their expensive proprietary gear. I wow. Don't I don't think people will buy that. I think it'll just create a market on eBay for the older older versions <laughs> of phones, or it'll create a market for really cheap Taiwanese made. Imitations of those, which will no doubt catch fire in people's ears. So what? Samsung Galaxies? Oh, yeah. Why? Well, I, uh, I don't think any of them caught fire in someone's ear. They burned a couple of cars out. Um, no, you think you think you have Windows phones? <laughs> no, no. The, the, the Galaxy did burn a guy's car out. He got compensation. No, no, Windows phones are responsible for more murders and suicides than any yeah, other. That's only phone. because people wake up in the morning and go, I bought a Windows phone, and then go on a rampage because they realize yeah. what they've done. And they cause depression and anxiety. Um, they're horrible. 
I bought I bought one. I bought one and I hated Why? myself the Why? entire time. I Why did it. you buy? Yeah, and then when I replaced it, when I called when I called up Optus, um, I said, "Look, I bought a Windows phone," and they went, "Oh, we're so sorry." I went, "I bought it from you, you pricks." <laughs> would you like, like a re- Would you like a refund or a replacement? Because no, got- no, no, no. I'm I only just finished off paying that phone. I've had my iPhone now for a year. Because I called them up and I went, I don't even, I just hate this phone so much. And I said, I just want another phone. And they said, well, we can give you another phone. Oh, that'd be great. That you pay for. Uh, oh, yeah. Less well, they're great. they're not going to give you another phone. Well, you take what you get. I chose, I chose the iPhone back then, not knowing the stream of updates that would gradually make the... Uh, um, no, I, I preferred an iPhone. I, I'm of a... Oh. Okay, let's just face it. The, the, the iPhone, it yeah, when it was working, it worked quite well. It was a really good tablet. It's not a terribly good phone. It's an awful phone. But then again, Androids, they're quite good at phones, but the market is generally horrible. Mm. Most of the stuff on the market is just bad because there's no QC process. But that's another discussion for another time when we talk about uh, mobile gaming, which will probably be on <gasps> next week's yeah. show. That's yeah, going to be an that. exciting show because I've been throwing a whole bunch of little mobile games developed by Brisbane-based guys to play around with and one of them's phenomenal. Oh, um, yes. It's simple and easy and I love it. And it, it violates all kinds of copyrights, but it's great. Um, I think that takes us smoothly into the harbour of midgets in cloaks. Yeah, so speaking of violations... Um, wow. The, okay, so the game that we decided to... Uh, I'm, well, the game that I found uh, to inflict on us uh, was a Steam game called The Youth Drainers. And, uh, hey, Puck, do you, does it feel like your youth has been drained? Because mine has. I'm just really confused. Well, um, I, I, I'll tell you what. Here's a challenge. Puck... Let it, let's. How about you tell us what this game's about? Because I've got no fucking. Oh idea. no, that's that's easy. So you see, you wake up and you're a naked teenage girl, and okay. that that should be enough. Right. We shouldn't have to describe it further, and people go, "Yeah, okay, I'll buy that." But they've done something weird with the pixelation <laughs> and the face <laughs> and the face and the face. It's a yeah. like I don't know, paper mache face or something. Yeah, and it's the- creepy, and and her, I have, uh, I was offended on every level by this game. Yeah, because I, I someone on Steam, um, actually said this game is the least fun you can ever have while watching breasts, and I was uh, like, yeah, well, yeah, that's accurate because for one thing, yeah. there is a form of simple harmonic motion going on in this which is not based in reality by any means the girl looks like she's like 15 or something so yeah. it's just wrong she's, she's she, she looks too young but anyway yeah. okay right so hang on let's get back to the plot all right so the plot what what <laughs> the hang on plot of- did we play the same game yeah see i played the tutorial as well which is just as stupid as the game there's a tutorial it- i just yeah. went into it and i went wow this so whole game it's basically walking around in the dark with no shirt on bumping into shit which is pretty much all of my uni years summed up no no there is a subtlety to it uh so i went and played the tutorial as well which didn't help um but okay so here's the st- here's what the situation is um Effectively, yes, you wake up and you're effectively a naked teenage girl. Uh, uh, you have to search cupboards and TVs and tables and stuff um, for a key. 
Now, if you find the key, you get to leave through the door. Yeah, and then you have to find another key to get through the next door. Did you find the key and get through the door? I didn't. No. No, I got... um, I think I threw the first laptop out the window after, like, the second time I had to play the mini game that is impossible. Yeah, so um, every time you search something, you get a what they call a skill check comes up, which is um, it's kind of like a bar that flies across the screen, and there's a little tiny uh, area that you have to try and stop the bar in. Now, for ages, I was just letting go of the search key, thinking, "Oh, that'll which stop." Which is it. what I thought it was, but no, which, no, you no, have to no. mash the space bar. Apparently, exactly. Um, and then um, uh, uh, if you and there's cameras on the roof. Which took me a minute to notice. But um, basically, there's cameras watching this girl. And if the midgets, and this is their words, if the midgets see that you're doing something suspicious, they turn off all the lights, and then you get a torch that you can scare off the midgets with if they get too close. Oh, can I just, can I just touch on how great this torch is, one? This... This character is fantastic because not only is she unable to move while using the torch. Torch has to be off. So you have to literally be in the dark when you move and then you turn it on. She's also only capable of shining the torch down or up, not straight ahead. Yeah. So it's like, there's the roof, there's the floor. That's all you get, Ah, guys. but here's... Oh, and you run the... out of batteries as well, which is okay. just great. So this is what the instructions say about this point in the game. It says that you have to scare off the midgets with the torch. As you and do. And then whilst pressing control to quickly get the power back on. Now, right. I... I, that was new to news to me, but when you actually press control, it doesn't do anything. You can, if you keep pressing it really quickly, it does nothing. If you hold it, it does nothing. It, there, there's I, I no. Was, um, I was killed multiple times by little swarms of I assume oh. midgets. I, I saw what I think was one. Did I you, died. Did you I notice? I was dead. Yeah. Did you know? Did you notice? There's no exit on this game. You can't get out. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice you that. Have, you have to die. I was, um, I, was charmed, <laughs> I was charmed first by a menu system that sh- gives your mouse cursor and highlights menu <laughs> items as you hover over them, but you can't <laughs> click on them. And you don't even press enter. You have to press space for yes. some reason. There's no options menu. There's no brightness. There uh, is brightness an, option, there is an been... options menu. It's, oh, how you get to the, find it. it's how you get to the tutorial. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. <laughs> this is getting better. Well, okay. I, I admittedly, I didn't have high expectations from a game that that had a warning at the beginning that said, warning contains nudity and evil midgets and cloaks, and then goes on to some audio uh, recorded by someone who sounds extremely bored, um, on a side note there, that says, the first sentence, whoever hears this message, then please listen carefully to this message. I went, nah, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, it was late. It's um, it's a lazy game. I could, I can kind of see what they were going for. Um, I can, I, I can see what they're trying to do. Um, mm. and if you look at the screenshots in Steam, there are other locations. Apparently, it is possible to get out of that house. However, they've combined an extremely steep difficulty level oh, with yeah. with a very clunky interface and just it's. I don't know. You know how you sometimes yeah. see things and you just feel off, like you've eaten a bad tuna sandwich. This game is a bad tuna sandwich. Okay, so I'm just reading a little bit more information about it. And 
I, this is the description. It's an indie horror game in which a pregnant woman tries to escape. Oh yeah, midgets. didn't you know that? No, she's pregnant because the midgets are trying to steal your babies. Because that, ha- yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. What? <laughs> Excellent. That's, she didn't um, look. She didn't look pregnant. No. No, but they are trying to steal babies. That's what they want for some reason. Um, yeah, which but- is not. And the poster for this looks really B-grade movie kind of cool and makes you, oh, this could be interesting. No, no, no. Um, this, this, has, this has two stars. Um, yep. I don't know who those two stars came from, but... Hey, she's, um, not, she's not naked in the screenshots on Steam, I've just noticed. Well, she is in the game. Yeah, she's got like a top on. Maybe you can find clothes. I ideally hope you can find clothes because that was quite disturbing. That's... Yeah. So, um, right. So, um, but redeeming, you, redeeming but features you as a found, mother... Uh, hang on, hang on. I'm just reading more about this. But you as a mother see no alternative but to take your own life to save your baby's soul. So, did okay. did happen? I'm no. I was too busy getting killed by midgets to be able to take my own life. Hang on, I'm no scientician, but I was. I, yeah, I was under the impression that if you're pregnant and you die, the the baby goes with you. Well, I (laughs) look. You have to. It's. I think it's their first game. You have to forgive them for some minor inaccuracies. Such as that. Um, yeah. Who developed this? I'm just looking for the name of the developer. Evilized is the name of them. And well, the thing no, is, I don't, no, I don't no, want to... No, that's that's, that's the, publisher. the The developer oh, okay. is Ben Aprigliano. I don't want to bash this guy too hard because... Okay, look at, the, look at the pros. The game has graphics, it has sound, and it kind of has an engine. And there is a menu. Now, what it actually felt like to me, do you remember those really weird shockwave flash games of like the the mm, late mm. 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, it was kind of like that. Um, and it was kind of like a project. Now, the thing is, as a conceptual project, apart from some of the odd stuff that I didn't agree with, okay, uh, maybe. Mm. But as a game, it's a little bit confusing. Yeah, yeah. If they okay. took the core of the idea... And redeveloped it, and then created a new. No, that's pointless. That's that's kind of like me saying, yeah. "Well, if they took Call of Duty and just got rid of the whole game and replaced it with StarCraft Two, that would improve it." Yeah. Okay. Cool. So this is not his first game. This is this is the result of experience. I uh, desperately want to play this guy's other games now. Oh, I do too. Because I don't even know why. It's the same reason I want to watch things no, no, like no. Sharknado. It's it's like, oh wow! I need to see the car accident. Dude, it's the name of it. The, there's another game he's made, which actually doesn't look terrible, called Not Without My Donuts. So next week on Dyson Pixels, we will be reviewing <laughs> Not Without My Donuts. <laughs> we are definitely, because you just you should see this. It doesn't look the terrible. critically acclaimed Not Without My Donuts game. Yeah. Stay a while. Your vows to protect the, your world and every remaining donut have toughened your resolve to overcome all obstacles. Your cupcakes trying to save all the donuts. Right. What the fuck happened to this guy? He went He's... from not without my donuts to pregnant 
15-year-old having her baby stolen so she commits suicide. What the there's hell? An obvious, there's an obvious progression there. From what to what? I don't know, one rubber room to the one next door, something like that. Rounding up, final thoughts on this game. Uh, oh, it's terrible. Should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> it could have been without the pregnancy, without the topless girl and without the midgets. It could have been... Well, then it's just a game about an empty house. So that's no, look, I, look, a good example. I tell you what, if they lowered the difficulty on that game, yeah. so you could actually you know, hit the little skill check thing, it could be okay. Because that's the other problem. We don't legitimately know if this game goes anywhere or not. Because it's fucking because impossible you can't to play. Get there. You, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't. It's impossible to play. And it's completely black. It doesn't tell you how to turn on your torch. No. You just got to guess that it's Z. Uh, do not buy this game. We will no. check out his other games, though. Uh, if he if he significantly w- reworks it, maybe it'll. Oh, no, no, oh. don't worry. Yeah, it's like that's it's not as creepy at that point. So uh, yeah, mm. uh, zero stars. Not very good. Needs significantly more cowbell. Don't play. Yeah, no. yeah. No, zero out of ten. Would not bang again. <laughs> Fantastic. Stop banging all the games. <laughs> you just ah. <sighs> so on next week's show, um, we are catching up during the week, I believe, with uh, another tabletop card uh, game developer that we got put in touch with through the Magic Vault. Oh, those guys. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and I have it written down and I'm a douchebag and do not have that open. So I'm unfortunately not able to plug them in advance, but uh, we will make up for that by plugging them all over our uh, Facebook and Twitter cool. hedges and Snapchat, which we don't have. Good, good. But I hear all the kids are using it nowadays. Well, they're using all sorts of things. No. Oh. No, I reckon we are rounding up. The only thing that's been in the news, apart from that, interesting this week, is I reread. Uh, I sorry, I read that they're uh, rebooting Fraggle Rock, and when that's the <gasps> only thing in the news, yeah, I thought you'd basically, yeah, yeah. Do you need a mop? Down to Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, follow the shit out of that. <laughs> Now, it's fantastic. Okay, now, see, here's the thing, though. Most of the players who say play with me over Dutch Potato are under the age of 25. They every, won't know what Every is. single one of them just went, what the fuck? You're like, the old guy. You're mm. the old guy. And they're like, what, what's this Fraggle Rock thing? He's like, oh, well, stay a while and I'll tell you the story <laughs> of an old Fraggle Rock. And then when Shut you, up, dickhead. <laughs> and then when you explain the, uh, the concept of that, people are like, what? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> A young ruffian uh, actually said to me, what's the Matrix? It sounds shit. And I'm like, I'm old and I'm sad. I'm going to go home and eat ice cream and cry. It wasn't that like 99? It was 17. It was. There 17 are people, years ago. There are people graduating from high school now who were not born when that movie came out. <laughs> wow. You feel old now? I yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. So Rounding up for this week. Great. We're old. You're all young. Live it up, youngsters. Bastards. Yeah, you <laughs> suck. We'll see you next week. <laughs> see everyone next week.